How you gonna break up with your girl and get a girl to be exactly like? You know, man, I think that happens a lot. I've seen that. I've seen that. It's like happen. they're tight. Yeah. But it's like when Brett Favre got caught uh, sending dick pics to a chick that looked just like his wife when they first met. Yep. <laughs> yeah, straight up. Some people have a type, but then some do look like they are dating the same person. Yeah. You know, I know what you're saying. Like, she looked like Kim. That was beyond a right. type. She looked like her. Like Puffy. Like the girls that were in his videos after him and J-Lo broke up. Shit, they look just like J-Lo. Just like J-Lo. Like, we got the interviewer one time, and I said, I don't know how I got, how to ask this question, but just please know that I'm I'm not asking this and trying to come from a foul place and she goes I'm nervous to hear what you're gonna ask <laughs> I said what the hell did you do to Puff and she's like what do you mean that's like I don't know what you did but ever since you guys broke up every girl in his videos is looking just like you and he went from being like take that take that to I need you girl come back <laughs> baby I miss you Ooh, what's up Go ahead and breathe with him. I'll breathe again. Like, what did you do to what him? Did you do? And she just fell out laughing. Was, I was like, okay, I guess you don't have to answer that. Actually. She's like, I'm still Jenny from the block. Yeah. I'm just... she, that's exactly what she said. <laughs> don't forget. Don't, yeah. don't be fooled by the rocks that I got. I'm still Jenny from the block. Mm-hmm. I'll put it on him. Yeah. That's exactly what she done. <laughs> Done, done, done. Oh man, it's uh, us. Episode of Callan KO minus KO. We're always brought to you by Anchor. So this is the Callan Vin Show. The homie, Southside Chicago. I guess you can hear that accent, right? He's he's in the building. It comes out. It comes out. He can't help it. I can't. One time I uh I did uh, like a game show audition, and the guy was like, oh. uh, you have an accent like like what like I was like oh I'm from Chicago. I was like when'd you move here yesterday? <laughs> just, like, just, just jumping on. Like they expect you to change it after yeah. a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It just it's, it's embedded in you. You can't. I mean, when Donna changed her accent when she moved overseas, I've heard other people from New York sometimes lose their accent until they get real pissed off. Then it just seems to work its way back out. Sometimes it's it's uh, I can push it away, but if I like certain things that I talk about, like sports, or if I'm, I don't know, it just comes out, and it comes out even thicker. Like once I get off the plane in Chicago, like the first word out of my mouth is straight accent. It's just even thicker than it is now. It's thick like a loop dancer. It's <laughs> <laughs> a, a throwback saying. All right, so I've been teasing that you were going to come back onto the show. You heard that the Jordan versus LeBron one-on-one debate's been going on. So I've been telling everybody you were going to come in. We were going to kind of wrap this up. Wrap it up. Put kind of, put closing arguments. Closing arguments. You know what I mean? So we're going to kick it off with the... uh, Some kind of shit like that, right? right? So we'll we'll get to that. But you already started with the jokes. I mean, how was your trip to San Antonio, man? You've been been making some moves on on the the comic scene. Well, um, San Antonio was really fun. Uh, my boy Steve Trevino recorded his third special, and uh, honestly, when it comes out, it's gonna be one of those that just—he's—he's he's about to blow up. Like he's already been blowing up, but like this special is really gonna, like once people see it, it's gonna be insane. But uh, since I was going out there, I was—you know—he had me opening up the shows for him. Basically, all I did was show up. When they did the rehearsals and everything like that, I got all the intros and different things that I had to say. And then I uh, just did a quick 10-minute set afterwards just to get people laughing and stuff, warm them up. And then he went in there. So, you know, I'm just adding my collection of lanyards for different recordings and stuff like that that I've been to that I needed once. So I could walk around like a cool guy, <laughs> go wherever I want, yeah. eat whatever I want. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so that's always nice. Okay. And then what else you got coming up? And you then, got uh, something else big coming up, right? So, uh, Single Day Mile, I'm doing the... Uh, the showcase for uh, Comedy Central's and Kevin Hart's show, uh, Heart of the City. What the show is, is they go from city to city and check out the comedy scene. And they, uh, Kevin sits down, talks to a few cats that do comedy in that city, and then uh, you get to see them on stage. So, this showcase, it's me and uh, nine other comics going up against each other, and like the top three are going to end up on the show. 
So yeah, so we'll see. We'll nice, see. Nice man. I looked at the I looked at the lineup. A couple of them are kind of scrubby. I don't want to toss shade on names, but some of them are like, how how did you how did you end up on here? Damn. But I mean, I didn't send in a submission tape or anything. They called me. Okay. So that's uh, that's like, yo, we're coming to your city. You need to do this. And I was like, okay, Comedy Central, I'll do it. Comedy Central calls to tell you yeah. to get on stage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. We need to see you. So I'm like, all right, you get to see me. When when do you want to see me? Okay, cool. So uh, you don't want to throw shade on names. Well, I guess how long have you been doing this? I mean, I know a decade. So you know what I mean? Like I know my strengths. On stage, I know what to say. I know how to clean things up. I know how to, you know, make it a little more edgy if I need to. I know, you know what I mean? I know how to read an audience. Yep. You know, I've been all over the country doing this stuff. So, I've done, like, the very first spot of the night and killed it. I've headlined different shows and killed it. So, I know what I'm doing. It's just... Okay. It's just if I'm the right fit for the show. And you've done this a decade. You also work at the... Comedy yeah, I work store. at the Loyola Comedy Store. So then you've seen some of these guys work their way up in the ranks. Yep. Or you, so. Dude, I remember Chris D'Elia when he was like the 15 minute opener. You know what I mean? Like yeah. coming down to make 75 bucks to do 15 minutes just to open the show. That's crazy. So now he's, you know, all over Netflix and yeah, all over TV. Yeah, NBC. Yeah. I mean, he's everywhere. I'm give, I wanted you to give a little bit of backstory so when they hear you, a contestant, in a show Say I look at a couple Of these guys And go How the fuck Did you get on yeah, here Yeah well One of my jobs I, At the comedy stores I have to evaluate talent That's what Yeah So, so that's what I yeah. wanted I didn't want I mean, to I have to, You were just a shady Contestant No 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 I'm not just I'm not just hating on somebody No, no it's just I'm looking at them like Like you're still Doing open mic Like I'm waiting for you To, to show something So I can move you up The rank a little bit But I can't Because you're not so if this was like Last Comic Standing on um, NBC, just using a different show as a, and you know how they how they cast the comedians because I like that show. You know you got some up you got some up and comers where that's like their first chance at getting a little exposure, yeah. and then you've got um, they'd be like a veteran of like this guy's been doing his thing for years and this is it's time for him to get his to get his due. Yeah, you would be that guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly, and that's why they called me. You know, the, the showcase has to look good so people can be interested in the show. They've got to uh, also find different uh, different types of comics that fit a certain genre that they're looking for. Yeah. So they've got to give people a chance. And, you know, I've seen comics that can kill it for three to five minutes. But you give them like an eight to ten minute set. And then like after those three to five minutes, it just falls completely off. Uh, you know? Yeah. And like it's just... I mean, that's why I also run shows outside the comedy store sometimes, just so I can put these cats on, just so I can see, can they handle 10 minutes? And then after they get done with their three-minute open mic set that they've been rocking, all of a sudden it's over. Like they, don't, they don't know what they're doing, what they're saying, where to go. They're pulling out notes, and it's... So... There's like a DJ that's only used to yeah. playing like a two-hour set. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. he's got to play like a full four-hour, five-hour gig, and he goes, wait a minute, I don't know how to... I don't, I don't know where... I'm not, what's oh, the yeah, next song? Uh, yeah, wait. Should I, I just start over? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So this is... Uh, that's how it's going to go down today. You know we're going to touch on Jordan versus LeBron, but we're going to talk baseball. You, you've got some topics that you brought to the table. We're going to get into those. We're going to take a quick break. We're getting back. This is the Cal and Vin show brought it's to like you the by Anchor Today. Song to take a break too. All right, the 92 uh, NBA Finals game just ended, and I'm sitting here and I'm browsing Bulls through. Bulls win. Thank you, Red Kerr. That was his name, isn't it? Johnny Red Kerr? Yeah, look at me. I know. I told you, man. I'm a Jordan fan. So as we're sitting here, I was trying to figure out what game we were going to watch next. But I'm next. the 81-point game. Let's do and it. And so we got to Raptors versus Lakers, Kobe's 81-point game. And say what you said off mic before we hit record. I said they should never have taken him out of the game because he could have had a chance to get the 100. All right. I feel... That in this game, from what I remember, and that's why we're going to watch it, I felt like he pretty much, the Lakers needed every point that he gave them because it was a close game. It wasn't like 
they were blowing the Raptors out and he was just putting up buckets, they really needed him to yeah, give him those. Yeah, they needed him to score, but in the fourth quarter, they went up and they took him out with a couple minutes left in the game. Yeah, but Kobe was already known for being a selfish ball hog, so do you keep him in the game to then run up the last two minutes of the game just, yes. just to do it? Yes. You do? Yeah. Uh, for history, it's not just to do it. It's not like... It's not like, uh, it's, you know, you're. it's the NFC Championship game and you're up by three touchdowns with, with you know, two minutes left and you're still throwing bombs down the field. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's, it's, it's history. It's history. I'm always going to side on history. You know what I mean? Like, I'm always going to be like, he had a chance to get it. I don't know, though. That's a lot to ask. To put up another... 19. 19 points and you know two at least minutes. get close. You know what I mean? Like, like just you, to see shit. It, you, you just hit eighty. Nobody hit eighty before. I mean, you just yeah. But there's and still in the modern the, era, that century mark is still there. Yeah, but guess what? You know what is not there? Footage of that shit. You know what I mean? Like, like that hundred point. We could have had footage. That hundred point game is something that everybody knows about because Wilt's got the picture with the piece of paper that says a hundred on it. There ain't no footage of that shit. We can see this. Maybe we that was the original emoji. Yeah, you're right. He he was on fire that game. He he played a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> like he scored a hundred. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, what. Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah. But we get to see this, and this was when there was a shot clock. I mean, there were things when Will scored a hundred that weren't, you know, that were in the game that were not in the game then that are now. The shot clock, the three pointer, you know. So Kobe got the benefit of the three pointer. He had the unfortunate part of dealing with the shot clock. Because back then they could just give it to Wilt and let him well, I, back somebody I would down that, all day. I would think that the shot clock would work in Kobe's favor than Wilt. Because without the shot clock, the other team could hold the ball longer. It could take him longer to get the shot up. At least this is hurrying him up. Like, yo, you, time's running out. Get it up. You know what I mean? Okay. I can see that. That's a very valid point. So then the Charles Barkley rule... Um, <laughs> they're good that the Charles Barkley rule wasn't intact when Wilt was playing. Because, you know, the Charles Barkley, you can't back him down for more than five seconds without having to kick the ball off. That's, oh, yeah. the, that's the Chuck rule. <laughs> because he would just back you down for 14 seconds, 15, 20 seconds of the 24-second shot clock till he got in his position and then he'd put it up. Big brother ball? Yeah, big brother ball. So, took a while to get there. But if anyone is going... To get close to Kobe's 81, who would it be and why? I, I'm going Steph Curry. And you touched on it earlier, the benefit of the three ball. Nobody shoots the three like Steph. You know what I mean? Like, the, his handles, he could get into just just watching his play. When he's on, he's on. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, he's not getting shut off. So I think he's the type of player that if he wanted to... And the stars aligned, he could get it. Now, I mean, that would mean like the Warriors would have to not play Warrior ball where everybody's sharing stuff, and you know. But I mean, you've seen him go off. Clay's gone off too because of the three ball. You know what I mean? Like, so I mean, he's in the running for that too. So that's two players on one team that could potentially do it. I don't think Kevin Durant could do it. I don't think LeBron can do it. I but agree. I, I think just how good they are at shooting the long, the long ball. I agree with you, and I'm not just being a homer. That's why I wanted you to go first to get to see where you were going to go with your answer. But my answer is... I think if Michael Jordan came back to the league today, he could do it. He put up 95. <laughs> he, he put 95 on my little brother. <laughs> <laughs> he would come out of retirement, put on his jersey, and single-handedly beat his own Charlotte Hornets team. Did you did you see what he did to the Monstars? <laughs> But for real, Steph Curry would be the one. I think Clay has a chance. Maybe a little harder for Clay, just because he's more of a of a spot shooter mm. rather than a move around, find your own shot like like Steph can do. Yeah, I think it would be Clay. Oh, I do. Oh, I do. Oh, I really do. Now there's a debate. That and here's and I think one whenever Steph Curry gets hot, they don't keep him in the game. They take his ass out. So we a lot of times he'll put up fifty points and only plays three quarters. 
Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. So I agree with everything that you said about Steph Curry and his game. Of course. By the I'm, way, I'm always mad when that happens too. So it bugs me. But what? Here's why I think it would be Clay and not Steph. Is right. is for what you said? Clay's a spot up shooter. And for what you said about Steph, when Steph's on, he's on. When Clay's hot, even the Warriors say you give him the damn ball because it doesn't take him much. He can he can score. 67 points and only hold the ball for a minute and a half of the game. Yeah, yeah, that. You see what I'm saying? Like, how many points was it in that one? He quarter? put up 37 in one quarter. Didn't miss a three pointer. Didn't miss a two pointer. Didn't miss a free throw. The boy was in fuego. That's a record. So when he gets hot, he's unstoppable. Absolutely unstoppable because of the team that he's on. Because Steph Curry will give him the ball. Because Steph Curry is still a point guard at the end of the day, and for all True. of his offensive abilities, he's supposed to facilitate and run the offense. Clay is just supposed to stand there and shoot that ball. And when he gets going, he gets going. So I think he would put him up. He could get the points faster without could, the demanding of the ball. Could and he do just, it without Steph on the team? Uh, no, 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 no. He couldn't. So he'd need Steph on the team. Yeah. So, yeah. but Steph could possibly do it without Clay on the team. Possibly. So that make him that would make him the better candidate. Well, to, that makes you feel like he's a better candidate for the sake of feeling like you're winning a debate. <laughs> I can see where you're going with that, but no, who could get it and why? Clay. Clay could do it because Clay doesn't need as much time with the ball so just to another put the shooting ball guard in the no buckets. Hey, when he gets on, he gets on. Yeah. Steph's getting the pick and roll. Steph's doing here. Okay, now I'll take the layup or. Dribble, dribble, wait for the pick. Somebody's got to move. Okay, give it back to me now. Shoot it. Clay's like, I'm here. My hands is hot. You know what I mean? My hands is hot. Put it in my fingertips. You're going to give it to me, and I'm going to shoot it in half a second, and I will do that every time you give me the ball. So he he could get it up like that. I think it would be Clay. What do you guys think, Anchor? If anybody in the NBA is going to anybody, it doesn't doesn't have to be a warrior. Right. Thank you. Doesn't have to be our two. If anybody's gonna get close to Kobe's eighty-one, who do you think it would be, and got? why? Who you got? Yo, yo, can you hear this? Yeah, I can hear that, good. man. You are you're pretty good at setting up stuff, so I'd imagine you got it down correct. Shout out to Cal, one half of the Cal and KL show. This man is a beast when it comes to editing, post production. Oh, stop it! But say more. Yeah, continue. This, this is this continue. is not this is not a uh, brown nosing because I am black. Um, this is not an ass kissing <laughs> because I'm too tall. <laughs> it's just big big ups. This segment of big ups. Big ups to Petros Papadakis for bringing me on to the show uh, for the draft. That's what I want. Big to ups talk to about. Baker Mayfield. Can you believe that? Ran for the cops. Grabbed his crotch. Public enemy number one. NFL draft number one. Man, props, props. I guess. <laughs> How was the show? How was it for you doing draft coverage? How long was the show for you? Like four hours? It was, was a four-hour four show that we did. All right. Um, it was. It wasn't Cal and Kale show. You know, we get a little more freelance, but um, with them, uh, it was a little more structured. So that was new for me. Um, I actually had to do prep work. So before I got on on the air. That whole week, I, I did prep work on the draft, which, you know me, I don't watch college football. So, actually, but this year, I actually was intrigued because probably I had to do the show. So, I got into it, and I saw myself getting sucked into that black hole, and I always knew that it was there. It's not that I don't like football, or I don't care for college football, or I don't care for NFL. I know how I am. I'm a professional. So, once I do something, it's all in, and I didn't want to get sucked in. And I was studying till like, 2 a.m. in the morning a couple nights before and my wife was like are you gonna go to bed i, like, I gotta get this studying and like, see you take everything to the extreme it's just a show about the draft you're not even getting drafted you're not playing football you're not coaching i said yeah but the people need to know the information that i have and i gotta be prepared to share it if there's an opportunity that comes up you gotta know when to take it yes and, and, you, and have some information and knowledge to go with it man yeah, nah, he, that's great he really appreciated my uh, my etiquette and i, t- I told him um off air um, I was like, yeah, me and my boy uh, Cal down in, in San Diego, we have a show, and Calvin used to work for the radio station, so I used to walk, walk in with him uh, for his shift when he's on the, the, the mainstream radio, and I'd watch his, his mannerisms and how he did things and his uh, cues and off, off-hand cues, things like that. 
so I know not to step on the mic. Knowing the timing, signals like five left, you know, five seconds left, closing out, all the things like that. I know about a hot mic, not coughing in the mic, things like that. And he's like, yeah, you're probably the first that actually knows all these terminologies and you're pretty uh, savvy. That's what's up, man. So another big up to Calvin. Oh, Prep man. Your boy, getting your boy ready Shit. for radio. I'm just saying, big up to you, man. That's I, I, The hardest part for me, you, in my opinion, would have been to fake being interested in it for four hours, yeah. not how you handle yourself on the mic. Sometimes you can go off on a run, but I was sitting there thinking, four hours, him sitting there acting like, yeah, I really like this stuff. I thought that was going to be the challenging part. That would have been your improv and your acting stuff also yeah. coming into play. But, man, that's cool that you got to do that while we're talking draft. When we were talking about the draft before you went on, yeah, we were saying, get what were we saying? Don't get the quarterback if you're Cleveland. Yeah. Since we're talking Cleveland, we were saying you've got two picks in the top four. Don't get the quarterback. You got Tyrod. Go ahead and get the running back and the defensive end, right? Isn't I could yep. get Barkley, get Chubb. And they went quarterback, cornerback, which is something they did a few years ago when they drafted Johnny Manziel. I could have sworn they drafted the cornerback first, and yep. then later in the round they drafted Johnny Manziel. That didn't work out for him. I get that they're trying to fix their quarterback problem, but Tyrod Taylor's no punk, and they got so many holes, man. That Saquon Barkley dude is a once-in-a-generation type guy. I thought he's going to help any team. And it fucking sucks that he went to the Giants because he's just going to stall Eli out for at least, at least another year or two. Yeah, I just don't understand. So what are you going to do? Remember I told you, draft the quarterback first. You got Tyrod Taylor. It's going to cause a controversy unless they got Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson would have been a later-round draft pick. Now he's under the tutelage of Tyrod Taylor. Now you got a first-round draft pick. You have no choice but to put him in there. He's there to make the change. Why do you have Tyrod Taylor? What are you going to do with him? You're going to pay him all that money? That's not how the NFL works. They'll find a reason to get rid of him, trade him. You got him in there so quick, now he's going to be out of there so quick. Yeah. And then you're still going to need a backup. Tyrod Taylor's not a backup quarterback. He's a starter. He's the guy that has to get things going. So would you have him set in there first, and then there's going to be a lot of crying and complaining. If anything goes wrong, he's under a microscope. Now you're unfairly judging Tyrod Taylor on a higher level than you would any other quarterback that would be in there if Baker Mayfield wasn't behind him. Now you're creating a controversy where you got a quarterback on eggshells because he's worried about his job. Mm-hmm. He's not getting into a comfortable groove. There's a lot of dynamics in the NFL that just people often overlook. Yeah, and that's what I – they did that to Tyrod last year in Buffalo when they benched him for the one game yep. against the Chargers, and, and that guy threw five picks in the first quarter, and they had to go kissing their ass back to Tyrod like, please save us, yeah. which he did. So I don't know why Cleveland would then want to do that as well. I mean, Cleveland's made a chance. They went out and got Carlos Hyde to be in the backfield. They traded for Jarvis Landry. They've made some moves in trades and in free agency in the offseason that they normally don't make because yeah. people don't go to fucking Cleveland. Yeah. Um, so I, I, going back to what we were saying, I agree, is why not go get Ch- uh, Chubb, that other defensive end, to, that, to go with Garrett? Or why not yeah. get the once-in-a-lifetime running back, once-in-a-generation running back to then compliment Taylor and then also help the other quarterback you draft later in the draft out. I mean, but it's Cleveland, man. They keep doing the same shit, but they're expecting different results. We'll see how that goes. Um, But what I wanted to talk to you about football-related is how they're thinking of getting rid of the kickoff from the game. You are a pro bowler in special teams. People used to game plan for you. You were an undrafted free agent, and had it not been for special teams, you might not have a job in the league. Yeah. Like, so, it's an important part of the game, so for them to get rid of it, like, and it's a safety issue, they say most of the health that hits to the head and all of the violent hits happen on the kickoff, um, one out of, like, five more, some, whatever number they wanted to give for their reason. What do you just, what do you think about it? I think a lot more defensive receivers have gotten concussions uh, over the years than kickoff. I mean, there's some hard hits on kickoff, and I mean, these guys are not really star celebrity guys, so when they get a concussion, they just cut to a commercial because, you know, they've got to get back, pay the bills, and get back to the offense. So you, you often overlook the concussions that happen on kickoff, but uh, I, I don't think getting rid of the kickoff is going to help uh, ratings for football. It's going to make it a slower game. It, it's not really it's not really what people come to see the game i mean the energy level goes when kickoff happens you know that sets the tone of the game that sets the tone for your team there's a lot of stuff you're going to miss when you get rid of kickoff 
It's just it's an important part of the game. I feel like it's not a bad thing to use health as the reason you want to get rid of it because no one's going to argue with people's safety. I, I don't think they are. But you also have to look at the people saying it and go, they want to add more regular season games and get rid of preseason games. So how much are you really concerned for the safety of these players? They can't make up their mind when they want to use safety as the thing to fix the game or when they want to ignore what they're doing and and kick the safety shit to the side and then make their money their priority. Because adding two more games in the regular season doesn't improve the safety. That improves your pocketbook. As as I think about getting rid of such teams, I'm thinking you're doing it for safety reasons. Okay, that no one's going to argue it, but doesn't mean that it's the smartest thing to do. If you're creating a knife, are you going to make it duller so it's safer? You're, you're, you're a, a swordsman. <laughs> Your business is to make swords. Sharp, cut, reliable, just the best of the best. Samurai swords. Oh, but I'm, I'm concerned with the safety of the samurai, so I'm going to make them duller so they don't cut themselves. No. No, I can see that. It doesn't, I, don't think it makes, I don't think it makes sense to do it. If you make a hammer, are you going to make it easier on the nail? I'm going to make that top of the hammer made of rubber that Make way it the if they best way get I their can. thumb you won't hurt their thumb yeah i think i i think about the all of the people that are in the nfl right now and in our lifetime that got their name on special teams and then got into the starting job and then actually had a career so for me i, I look at it like you only got 53 people on the roster to begin with and some of those people are only there on special teams. So now you're getting rid of people's jobs. Yeah. Not just you're not just affecting the game, you're affecting people's jobs. Like we would have never had Terrell Davis if it wasn't for special teams because he blew somebody up on a kickoff mm-hmm. in the preseason and then got his way into the starting lineup and became a Hall of Famer. So there are certain players Jamal Anderson, old dirty bird, same yeah. thing. I you, pro bowler. Yeah, if you, if you remember, if you remember teams, back in 2005, you. you remember back in 2005 um, when I tore my pec tendon, I was actually starting and playing special teams. I was doing both because they didn't have anybody in special teams and they, they didn't have anybody receiver. We had a lot of injuries. So I actually worked my way into the starting lineup. Had I not been injured, I would have continued on probably starting playing more games. So the injury kind of made the demise of my career where I got pigeonholed with just special teams because they're not going to pay you. You're undrafted. Now you're injured. Come off injury. We're going to give you this much money and you use special teams. And then I go to the Pro Bowl especially player. Okay, well, that's what he does. Leave him there. So then it, like, the, it works itself out that way. But, I mean, like you said, special teams have given a lot of people opportunity to even be on the field. Yes. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. And when you have no special teams, you got to fill that rest of that 60 minutes of football. That's a lot more damage on your players. you got to have a lot longer depth at, at positions. Wow. I think so. I agree. Spoke with that. You know, you are the, the source when it comes to that you lived it man uh but anchor what do you guys think about the possible rule change of the kickoff being removed from the league it's cal and ko brought to you by anchor let us know we're coming back with a kickoff with a kickoff (laughs) of something else Yo, so you're going to make – can we talk about what you just said or is that yeah. like something you – Yeah, no, no. Okay. Yeah. We're going to start advertising pretty heavy too. Um, making a horror film with uh, Noel Uliemi and um, Rampage Jackson. Noel G is Hector in Fast and Furious. Yep. He was in a Training Day. Uh, he was in the Walking Dead essay, uh, essay episode. He, yeah. He's basically like the – He's the essay you've seen in everything. Yeah. Other than Danny Trejo who's slinging um, Sling TV commercials right now. Oh, yeah. Noel G has been the essay you've seen in every pretty much movie or years. T- t- 25 years yeah. easy. So, yeah, he told me he's like, you know, in Hollywood, either somebody's going to believe in you and they're going to give you money to make a film, or you're going to believe in yourself, put your money in your mouth, is, and make it happen. So, that's what we're doing. I'm not, not going to sit around and wait for an agent to pop out of somewhere and get me into the movies. We're going to make our own. So, this is the start. This is a stepping stone. So, I mean, it's not going to be like a blockbuster movie to start out with, but it's just a way to start getting the rhythm down, pattern down, build the fan base, and, and get their uh, resume built up. Build the resume, right? Definitely. And who knows? You could have Swingers. Swingers was made by yes. Favreau and Vaughn. Put yep. them on the map. Goodwill Hunting. Yep. A lot of these guys, a lot 
you're they, yeah, the blueprint's there. Sometimes oh, yeah. you just gotta force your way in the door. Yep. Jay Z, fuck it, I got turned down twice by every label. I'm gonna make Rockefeller. Let's go. Self made. Self made. That's always a good story when people hear it at the end. Man, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's just part of the rumor bill, but there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, there's a lot going on. We're just we're just gonna talk about current events right now. That's what we're doing, Cal and KO brought to you by Anchor. Um, one of the homies of the show. Who's been on with us before? You just said had some shit go down. Oh. Yeah, Ronnie Magro from uh, Jersey Shore uh, got into altercation with his girl on Instagram Live, and it was there for people to see and watch and hear and witness. And I mean, first off, you know, I don't, I never condone hitting a woman, no matter how mad you get. You're a guy, you gotta restrain yourself. You know, all that unbridled strength can't really be positive when you're exerting it on a woman. And uh, two, I mean, you gotta maintain. Like certain times. Things may get you riled up, but composure is everything for longevity, especially. And, uh, you know, prayers go to Ronnie that that situation gets worked out because I don't like seeing anybody down. Right. Bad situation, and hopefully his girl is uh, not banged up too too bad either. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, that's that's a that's a slippery slope right there to talk about, man. I don't want I don't want men putting hands on their ladies like that, especially a homie. Yeah. I hate having people's business get put out in the street like that more than anything else. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder what happened for him to be going Facebook. Was it someone else's Facebook was, live? I think it was his girlfriend's uh, Instagram live. So she's Instagram live and going, he's beating my ass? Or like it started yeah. out friendly and then I, it built? I, I don't even understand oh, that shit. part. We're I don't gonna, know how it led to that. Okay. We're going to have to, um, if you guys know, hit us up. We should know more, but um, yeah. I'm going to have to look up, look that up, man. That's that's unfortunate, bro. Um, where you want to go, man? You want to talk about Kanye? What's up with him? Yeah. Somebody said that he's uh, siding with uh, Trump. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's Just been... To spark controversy or to... You never know with Kanye. That's the thing. You know he likes to run his fucking mouth. Because I don't understand how you could go from... George Bush doesn't care about black people to now you're supporting Trump, who obviously doesn't care about anybody. <laughs> doesn't care about anybody but yeah. him. Um, and that's what I don't get about it. Um, Kanye, I don't think Kanye's any, I don't think Kanye's any more of an asshole now than he's always been in his entire life. Whether it was interrupted Taylor Swift at the damn VMAs or George Bush don't care about black people or starting fake beef with 50 Cent about who's going to sell more records and whoever loses has to retire. Shit, whatever. Like, I just don't agree with him on what he's saying right now. So I'm not going to make it like, oh, he's the worst person ever. But, yo, this nigga's falling off the deep end. What, slavery was a choice, bro? It's bad enough. You want to wear the hat. Whatever. I can disagree with you and anybody else on the hat. Good for you. That's who you support. No problem. You want to you want to stop your show? You don't want to perform at your concert? You play like three songs and then you go on a 45 minute rant going, yeah, I didn't vote. But if I voted, I would have voted for Trump. You want to do all that shit? More power to you. You're just fucking up your pocket. Slavery was a choice. MLK and Malcolm X. They're too far in the past to be relatable and relevant. You're saying some shit that is just not, man, it's one thing to have an opinion, man, but you're you're speaking out your ass and that's not fundamentally sound. But as far as Kanye is concerned, I want people's opinions on what they've heard him say, why they think he's saying it. And honestly, what do you think is the cause of the drastic change in his life opinions to go from George Bush don't care about black people to making songs like Jesus walks and in that song and in that video the video is slave based you're showing your people shackled getting hit by the slave masters to be that guy standing for the people in that kind of way and now all of a sudden slavery's a choice and this is my dude over here and we making America great again and I would have voted for Trump and MLK and Malcolm X are too old to be relatable and relevant. What do you think the drastic change in the opinion is? I think Kanye is a Manchurian candidate, and I think the Kardashian family is running the MK Ultra program, and they're brainwashing a lot of men to become uh, different. Uh, yeah, just my opinion. I mean, okay, it, 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 it's purely just for entertainment purposes only, and I don't really wish bad on the Kardashian family. I wish them well. I'm pretty sure they're a great, solid family, and they just happen to have a lot of fame, and people kind of judge them unfairly at times, but. With all that being said, there's a lot of uh, chaos in the man industry around the Kardashian family, which you have to give attention to. And for him to go so drastically and change 
you got to wonder what is the toll that's being taken on him to cause that breakdown because you like you said you can't go from Jesus walks to uh, slavery was a choice Jim yeah I think we're on the same page oh yeah because my my opinion is you're only as good as the company you keep and Kanye that was the Kanye we're talking about was hanging with a different crowd I got it so yeah now he's now he's I mean now he's married and he's with this family that is very in to what they do and getting publicized and famous for just being there I think he's lost touch with what he was and I I you could go ahead I got it I got a theory go Kanye is notoriously known for being the biggest douche prick jerk asshole whatever you call it yep Donald Trump stole that thunder Kanye wants the throne back. <gasps> He's getting it back. Nobody bigger asshole than me. I'm the most random, outspoken, crazy nigga on this planet. Not Trump. Mm-hmm. Trump stole the thunder. <laughs> Kanye wants it back. He's coming for that belt. He's coming for the number one spot. Ah, I got Tourette's up in this bitch. Yeah. Not you. Not you. That's great. But shout out to the guy that works for TMZ. Because when Kanye was doing that live TMZ show and he was saying all this stuff about slavery was a, a, a choice... Uh, he was very quick to stand up and let Kanye know how much he disagreed with him in a very nice way, considering he was a brother at his job and he decided to stand up and be the black man going against the other black man, their very rich guest, to sit there and tell him how much of a sellout he was, basically paraphrasing. Like, what you're saying, thinking you're being an artist, other people have to live that life that you are sitting here criticizing. You can speak off of the tongue and have an opinion, but you're not thinking about what you are really saying and the implications of it. And you just kind of went at him. And you're entitled to be a genius, Kanye. Get him. You know, but this life that you think people had as a choice Get had to really live it. And there are people that are still living that kind type of life. Right now. Get and it's em. not a choice. They would like to be an artist like you. Get them. <laughs> <laughs> but ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time <laughs> for that. To not become a disenfranchised establishment. Mm-hmm. All right. Now we're still talking music. We're talking different people. Let's go new school. There's this guy named Takashi69. And he is kind of the... The new guy that gets under people's skin. Isn't that the guy that uh, did the Bitcoin? Started Bitcoin? I don't know that. I know he no, got. No, that's Satoshi. I know he got beat up at LAX, um, but he's a weird-looking kind of guy. But he's Short he's guy? he's the guy. That what looked, the heck is that's that? That's what he looks like. And right now he's he. I'm, I'm gonna play a couple of the songs for you. All right. So. Just so you get an idea of what we're what we're dealing with. Takashi. So it's it's How aggressive. Hanging with. It's aggressive music to say the least. He has a tattoo six nine on his face. Yes. This should make me feel sick. This I'm gonna I'm me... gonna play one more for you too, just so you know. I can't watch this reference. Okay, I get gather your thoughts. I know you're gonna have something. It hurts. Man, the, the devil got a foothold in the youth. Yes. All right, that's one of them. I'm going to go back to another. Go back, man. All right, that's that song is called Kuda. <laughs> um, and I'll, this next one, I guess. 127 million views in four months? Yes. 189 million views in six months. 48 million views in two weeks. Are you understanding? This guy has got a following. People really, really hate him or they really, really love this dude. Um, but look at the, the length of the song, you know, 239, 240, 208. Let's try this one. This one's called Billy. All right. 77 million views. I feel like I'm about to play a game versus Steelers, bro. I'm like <laughs> getting my mind right to you look at the TV like, yeah. like, what is that on the TV? Okay, so you just got through one and a half songs. Oh. What is your, what's your thoughts on what you heard as, and I want to be, okay, let's break this down. I don't want you to just d- dissect him as an individual. 
What do you think about what you heard as it pertains to hip hop? What did you think about the video? What do you think about? Oh, break them down because there's different. I, I have a different opinion about what it, what. I have a different opinion of him than I may have of his song per se. You follow? I mean, so. Uh, I feel like I just played a playoff game versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. I feel like I just played a, a playoff game versus the Pittsburgh Steelers, and th- that took a lot of energy out of me. I thought <laughs> I played a game. Like me- mentally, I, I went there. I was like, I was in the trenches of like warfare. I was. Why that that song? It, it was. Emotionally suppressive, um, spiritually disheartening. Um, it was uh, visually uh, horrific. <laughs> to um, say I the mean, least. Yeah, I mean, uh, if that's the future of what people are going towards, and the devil's busy in these streets. I mean, it's, that's bad because all the views he's getting, and people are watching that and supporting it. I'm all about somebody making their money however they can. I respect people's hustles, their creativity. You're free to choose, you make your choices and live your choices. But if your choices are at the detriment of other people, then you're, you're no better than a drug dealer. I applaud him for creativity. He's very eccentric. So if he's Pablo Picasso of rap music, then so be it. But somebody told him that was cracking and he made that music so that they could essentially trap more people into that same disenfranchised state of mind, which is bad for uh, the public. I need that part of it. Hold on for a commercial break. What's up, Dean? I was just finishing. We're in the middle of a break right now. Uh, She's good. Yeah. Yeah, she's running around right now. She's smiling at Calvin Calvin right now. And now she's chasing Jet. Okay, babe. And we're back. We are back. That break brought to you by Marriage Counseling of America. Reminding you that you better answer that call when your wife calls. Absolutely. Especially when you got her kid. Mm-hmm. So, were you? Did you want to finish uh, your thoughts? No, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm. You're spent. You're over it, huh? I'm downloaded. I'm downloaded. Yeah. It's complete. The file's transferred. What? I think that was good. That was solid. <laughs> when I think about what I heard musically, it was aggressive hip hop. And we've had aggressive hip hop before. Um, it's like hip hop's version of punk rock when punk rock came out, and I think punk rock was maybe and they started the mosh pits, and you got two to two and a half minute songs of very violent, aggressive sounding noise yeah. for people to just let it all out. It's just hella aggressive. That's yeah. what I hear musically. Sex Pistols. There's a lot of rock bands that made careers off of that. Hip hop. We had the Rough Riders and DMX barking all the fucking time. So when it comes to the aggressive aspect of it, I don't have a problem with it because we've had it before. I'd just be some old dude hating on the new way that they get aggressive on a track. And I'm not bugging on that. My problem with the whole thing is the way they're flipping the culture and they're dumbing down the culture in the aggressiveness. They're just they're just making it. Let me show you my guns. Let me show you my rags. Big bitch with a fat ass. I'm killing. I'm popping. I'm, I'm doing drugs and this, that, whatever. And not everybody can get deep. So there's a place for what he does. I just don't like the way that as a whole it's getting dumbed down and so simplified in the videos. But then... I can't knock him because Rick Ross is one of the biggest rappers in the game and he's making a living off of somebody else's name and lifestyle. So he, so counterfeit motherfuckers is out there. So my problem, my main problem with 6ix9ine, Takashi 6ix9ine, whatever, is I question his validity in what he's saying. So for me, I have no problem artistically with what he's doing. I don't agree with it. I don't think he's got... I mean, I can't even say I don't agree with it. It got me kind of rowdy. You know what I mean? It really did. Yeah. You know, I just don't like when I look at him and I I look at what I'm hearing. I question if he's really about what he's saying. And that's the biggest problem for me with hip hop back in the day and with hip hop more so now. We got a whole lot more counterfeit dudes doing this WWE hip hop shit where I'm going to just talk about living this life and not really be about it. And that's the problem because it's only going to get worse with every generation that goes on because everyone else is going to get dumbed down. Where's the enlightenment? Where's that? But he's got you saw the hits, man. 
Yeah, he ain't living that lifestyle because Tupac got shot for that lifestyle and it was real. Biggie got shot for lifestyle and it was real. It was gang ties implications when it comes to games like that. The way it used to work when I was growing up, if you claim a gang, you better defend the gang no matter what you do. And you go publicly saying that stuff, you just bring more attention and more heat and that heat can be felt. Yeah. It's real. There was no, okay, I'm gonna walk down the street and I'm cool because yeah. I'm a performer. Like, no, you get stomped out still. Yeah. I remember the Source Awards, uh, the BET Hip Hop Awards, yeah. like that. He was getting she beat was, up because of that real. stuff. Did you notice in the video he had bloods and Crips yeah. in the video? Yeah, they they were both at? showing their blues and their reds. Yeah, what they do that so, at? going back to what you just said. You rep one, you defend one. Yeah. Not you roll around with them both. Like we lived that with the whole. They had like, a truce with the watch right and all that. Everybody bang, stuff, banging but, on wax, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but that was short lived, and it went back to uh, my money, my turf, and my hood. Wasn't they getting that Chris Brown and, and some other rapper for doing that stuff? Yep, they were getting that Chris Brown. They were getting that Soldier Boy. They've been yeah. getting at a lot of these guys that because they hire. They hire these cats that are connected yeah. to protect them and pay the services for bodyguards and security that they then could go ahead and consider being an affiliate and being associated yeah. with them in that type of way. And that's not necessarily how it goes down. I grew up with gangs. I grew up in a town where there was more gangs than there was high schools. Now, I don't even want to make this about what era was tougher. Or no, no, I'm not saying that. We know all. where we grew no, I'm up. Saying, I'm saying I'm, I'm going to say the yeah. dynamics of the culture itself. And how it perpetuates and propagates. And we have very aggressive music, but I think there's no, like you said, reality of it. Yeah, I think the problem with when hip-hop first started, since it was so new, everybody was rapping as a way to get out from the stuff that they were doing back then. It was a way to go legit and make shit better. So yeah. now these guys seen and and it's not just the artists that are faking the front trying to do this it's the the people up top making them feel like they got to dumb it down and be idiots to even fucking get on in the first place yep. you know let's call it what it is it's the fact that it, they feel like there's money involved and they have to follow and stick to a certain script to get that money and get that piece of the pie and that takes away from the culture and it just and i guess before we go too far off track I want to know what other people think about Takashi Six Nine and his whole persona, his bars. I want to know how you look at it as a whole. It's hard to take you serious when you got a rainbow grill, rainbow hair. It's hard, you know. Remember, like Cedric the Entertainer was like, "Man, I ain't never gonna call another dude delicious." Yeah. Like, like, bro, I can't take you. No, I can't take you serious as no hard killer when you look the way you look. And I don't want to judge a book by its cover, but I'm just saying, you're setting yourself up. I mean, I'm not going to lie, though. Had I not known what he looked like, I would put those two songs on my workout playlist because it is just the most aggressive shit on the planet. I would feel like I'm Mike Tyson walking into that goddamn gym. Even though I didn't do anything, I would just feel guilty. I would feel like I'm O.J. Simpson. I just lied to America, and I really did it. I'm sorry that I'm listening to this out in America yeah. kind of thing. OJ did it. I'm sorry a lot of y'all got away with it, but I did it. I really killed him. That glove really fit, though. Yeah. <laughs> Cosby. Man, so uh, guilty, huh? Yes. They this found him guilty. Is, is that even like a... What's the point of even going after Cosby? He's that old. Like, you go send him to jail, do what? Yeah, that's the problem. I think that's where they're stuck is the fact that he's 125 years old and yeah. we don't know what to do with an old man. He's lucky for that. For yeah. that, he's lucky. Um, but I think the question that everybody's been going back and forth with this whole debate thing is, I don't know why, but is he a victim of the Me Too movement? And why he got popped. And I go, like, I mean, if he he admitted to doing everything. I mean, read the transcripts. Like, he didn't deny this. He didn't say he was getting hustled. He didn't say that he was a victim of the system right now. His old ass said what he did. And so, what's... What's he a victim of? He's a, in my opinion, he's a victim of getting away with it for too long. 
It just happens to be that there's something that other people can use as a scapegoat for him. He's a victim of being a black man getting away with this in this country because everybody uses Harvey Weinstein and Kevin Spacey and everybody else has been getting popped and, and accused of this and they've been losing their jobs. No jail time. I agree with that. Those guys should not um, just be getting away with losing their jobs. There should be other legal consequences for their actions as well i don't like that bill cosby's the only one to date to get busted but this was his second trial yeah um i don't know i don't think he's a victim of the me too movement that's me to that you say yeah no there is no such thing as a victim of the me too movement the movement is all about people taking advantage of people so if you did it then you did it it's pretty cut and dry black and white did you touch that person in a wrong way yes then you're you're guilty it's no the movement is not an entity. It's just all the evidence coming forth and people see all the people are doing this stuff. And if you did something, it's going to get revealed because now people feel safe revealing it. So the Me Too movement is just people feeling safe about coming uh, clean about what's really happening. Yes. So Bill Cosby, man, you touch somebody, man, do your time. Yep. I don't understand why, like you said, he's the only one that's getting in trouble for stuff because Weinstein, you did this stuff and it's known. Why are you not getting in trouble for the same stuff? Yes. Why, I... why is... Uh, the dude that touched the boy, uh, Kevin Spacey. You know what I mean? On and on. There's, like, there's why anybody getting prosecuted? That, again, quick that's to, a... Quick to prosecute and put Tupac and Mike Tyson in jail. <laughs> for a legend. Preach. Preach. You know what I mean? Preach like, on that Why? One. Just because you want to destroy somebody's career because it's yeah. successful? Yeah. Bring them, knock them down a notch? Okay, cool. Saying, and that's, in that part, that, that right there is the thing that we know because we've seen it for yeah. a while. That one right there is not a Me Too movement. There was no Me Too movement yeah. in 94 when Pac got hit and when and, and Tyson got popped. It's a situation of who's getting caught and who they want to who they want to knock at that time. Unfortunately, it just don't work out for our people and it doesn't work in our favor. Like, that's... That's not me too. No. That's the way the country has always worked. That's why they still so mad about OJ being the one dude to get off doing something wrong. Because we all know he did that shit. Oh, yeah. But that's, that's, they still mad. And they punishing every other brother after him severely. Yeah. You know the reason why I like Josh Gordon? The the receiver for the... Uh, the one that got caught smoking all the weed? Yeah. Every yeah, time yeah. the chance has a chance. Uh-huh. That's, that's, our, that's our black Charlie Sheen. 